Hello and welcome to the I'm a Mainframer podcast, brought to you by the Linux Foundation's collaborative project, the Open Mainframe Project. My name's Stephen Dickens, and I'm your host today, and we're joined by Paul Scott from Phoenix Software. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, it's good to be here. So, Paul, let's just dive straight in here. If you could tell us a little bit about your background, what you do for Phoenix, um, just to get the listeners orientated. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been uh, involved with IBM mainframes for uh, well over 35 years. Uh, I started out in this business doing conversions uh, from one language to another and uh, one operating system to another, and it was always to IBM. So, for instance, I did uh, RPG to COBOL, and uh, I eventually specialized in assembler to COBOL. And I know that seems kind of strange, but we actually did that. Um, and uh, from there, I uh, went on to uh, uh, banking. I, I worked for a savings and loan for a while. Uh, uh, with on IBM mainframes doing assembler coding. And uh, eventually I went into uh, contract work and I uh, did a lot of conversions. Um, worked for another savings and loan where we converted uh, MVS, oh, I'm sorry, a DOS VSE system to MVSXA. Uh, did a lot of uh, work with uh, proprietary uh, database uh, stuff, converting that as well as uh, uh, converting things like microfiche readers, and I worked on an ATM system uh, hooked up to an IBM mainframe. Uh, so I got a lot of experience with VTAM, uh, and uh, we converted BakerTAM to VTAM. And uh, eventually I started doing more things with uh, Unix and PC work. Uh, got away from the mainframe for a little bit, uh, but eventually came back to the mainframe working for Phoenix Software. And uh, I've been here for now for about uh, 17 years. So I've worked with, I'm working now with Phoenix's flagship product, EJEZ. Uh, I have uh, worked on EJEZ Web, which is a web interface to the uh, legacy product, 3270 legacy product. Did a lot of work with uh, Java Native Interface, uh, Java, to make that work. And from there, I've been doing uh, a lot of um, web modernization, uh, building a portal for our customer support, uh, using Node.js on ZOS. And that connects to our uh, Intel Linux system uh, that does the web serving, as well as Linux, which has our uh, customer support portal. So there's a lot in there from what you've just mentioned. So what is it your actual role is today for Phoenix, Paul? What, what's your sort of title? So my title is um, uh, Chief Architect of Web Enablement Technologies. And basically what we're doing is trying to modernize our product line. So uh, for web what's, dri what's driving that? Is that sort of just modernization to keep the product current or is that customer demand that's driving it? What's, what's really sort of the, the sort of driving force there? 
Yes, I, I think that uh, a lot of it is customer demand. You know, customers are expecting uh, more uh, web application base. Um, they're expecting uh, GUI interfaces. And so, yeah, that's what we're doing is uh, modernizing it to, uh, you know, web-based GUI interface. You mentioned you were doing work there with Linux on the platform from what if you could just sort of expand on that for the listeners and there's a lot of we've got really a couple of different communities here we've got the sort of traditional zos space but also as part of the project a lot of focus on linux so if you could just sort of expand on what you're doing in the linux space i think that's going to be interesting for our listeners yeah sure um we're using z linux for uh, a number of things um but uh what i'm doing currently is uh merging our uh traditional uh, problem resolution database which is a uh, gnats and i'm making that work with uh our z our, our intel based web server so for instance a customer will go to our uh web portal and they will want to get a list of their problems I use Node.js on the Intel platform and Node.js on Z Linux to build a communications channel between the two. And uh, it's all secure because the, the Z Linux system is behind a firewall and uh, you can't connect to it from outside. So I have the Z Linux system using Node.js connect to the um, Intel web server that's uh, internet facing it does the connection and it leaves a, a, a connection open uh, indefinitely. And over that connection, we talk between Z Linux and, and Intel. So when a customer goes to the web portal, asks for their problems, they'll see, they'll get a list right off the, you know, instantly from uh, Z Linux. Um, and uh, they can update their problems, you know, via the web uh, communicating uh, with the system on Z Linux. So are you using that for the whole of Phoenix Software's portfolio for sort of login issues? Is that is that the common interface across the whole lot there? For our customer support portal, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, you mentioned modernization. Can you just say a little bit more about that for me? Okay, sure. Um, what started this, this modernization uh, ball rolling – was that we had a license system that customers would use uh, via the internet, via the web, your web browser. And uh, it was not a um, demand-driven system. It was not an event-driven system. Uh, The customer would put in their uh, request for a license, and that would be sent to to the file system, which would then be using a polling system. It would get polled from, let's say, Z Linux. Uh, I'm sorry. It would get polled from ZOS. Uh, A ZOS process would then run in the background and uh, deliver the license via email. So this was a long process, uh, a polling process that could take up to 10 minutes for the customer to get their license. And we wanted to modernize that. So using Node.js on ZOS and using Node.js on the Intel platform, we were able to get the two platforms to talk together. Customer makes a uh, license request. 
uh, and immediately using this event-driven processing that Node.js does so well, uh, we were able to then get them a license instantaneously uh, instead of having them to wait uh, for an email that could take up to 10 minutes. Uh, so that was, and that was a, a very successful project. And the next step was then, well, what else can we modernize? So the next thing, of course, was customers had been asking for uh, to be able to see their problems um, via the, the web and uh, be able to update them and be able to interact that way. Uh, so that was the next step. We have uh, an antiquated uh, um, system, GNATS, sitting on a Z Linux system. And uh, we use the same interface we built for uh, ZOS to the Intel platform using Node.js. We use that same system, but from Z Linux to the uh, Intel platform. And now customers can get a list of all their problems and interact with those problem records uh, instantaneously using the same ZOS uh, uh, to Lintel platform that uh, that we built before. And we're looking to expand that in other ways too. Customers want to upload files uh, for support. We're building the same kind of interface for that as well. So interesting there that you mix in both the Linux and the ZOS side. Would it, Based on what you mentioned, Paul, from your background, would it be right in saying that you this project has sort of meant that you're new to the Linux side? Is this the real sort of first time you've dug in on Linux on Z on the platform? Uh, I've been using Linux for uh, quite a while. Uh, I did a lot of contract work on Linux systems, uh, so I'm very familiar with Linux. Uh, but this is the first time uh, that I've used uh, Z Linux, you know, on the Z platform. And how uh, we, we actually how run Red Hat. Yeah, how have you found that? How's that been, that sort of first experience from using Linux on Z? Yeah, Linux on, on uh, ZOS is uh, is absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, it runs on an IFL, so it runs full out. Um, we get extremely good performance, and we are running Red Hat Enterprise Linux 8, so uh, it's a modern Linux, uh, just like what we've what what we're running on the Intel platform as well. So, you know, having experience on the Intel platform, it translates directly when running on ZOS as well. So, are you thinking of containerizing, or are you just running on on RHEL at the moment? Yeah, we don't have any plans to do uh, any kind of containerizing right now. Um, what we have. Uh, we have expertise in-house to, to manage the systems that, that we're running, and so uh, we don't have any need for that at this point. But we don't know what the future might bring. We, we may want to go there in the future. Okay. So what do you think's next? It sounds like you guys are on a sort of journey of transformation. You seem to have taken the learning from the first application and applied that to the second case. What else do you think's next as you look to sort of transform and take the Phoenix software sort of interfaces on a journey. What would what what's next for you guys? Well, um, you know the the next big thing out there is Zoe, um, and we've already started doing uh, uh, writing Zoe applications. We've got uh, the Zoe CLI apps that we're doing, and and we're going to be working on uh, the Zoe GUI apps as well. We're going to be 
putting our uh, EJS web product uh, on uh, Zoe Desktop. Um, and, you know, we're going to be looking at uh, what our other products can do, too. We've, we've got some new products we're looking at uh, modernizing as well. So uh, the future's open. Lots of stuff we can do. And how have you found the Zoe piece? It's been really fascinating watching that project develop over the last sort of two to three years. What's been your exposure and your experience? Well, currently I, I'm only working on the Zoe um, command line interface, the CLI, and uh, it's it's pretty rewarding. Uh, it's, a, it's a good standard interface. Uh, it allows... Uh, the customers to uh, find our um, our product through the catalog, and um, I'm looking forward to doing more with the GUI interface because uh, that's what I think our customers are going to want to do more of. The CLI is uh, great for running ad hoc and and batch type work, uh, but the the GUI desktop. Um, Zoe Desktop GUI is, uh, uh, I think, where people are going to want to spend a lot of their time. And you'd see that as the next sort of evolution, getting into that more GUI-based interface? It's looking more and more like that is the next uh, evolution, yeah. Um, We'll see how it goes. Uh, More and more people are starting to get interested in Zoe and adopt it, so uh, we'll just have to see where that goes. But it's looking promising, yeah. So one of the things we spent some time talking about at the very top of the call was kind of your background and how you've sort of been on this platform for for some time. As we seem to have a lot of younger listeners on on the podcast here, what would be your advice if you could speak to your 22 year old self, you're coming out of college and you were able to go back and speak to yourself what would you be saying around how to sort of build a career in IT and, and what would those lessons be that you've learned over, over the years? I would say never stop learning, have an interest in everything. Don't, um, don't limit yourself in any way. Learn new languages, learn new platforms. Uh, you know, people say that the mainframe is a dinosaur. They've been saying that for, you know, I think the last 25 years, at least 30 years, and we're, we still have the mainframe. Nothing compares uh, to the mainframe. You know, when you look at RAS, the, um, you know, reliability, availability, and the uh, serviceability, uh, you know, the IBM platform is, is the best out there. Um, I, I say, you know, learn IBM systems, get involved in all that, learn Unix systems. You know, IBM has done a lot of work to bring uh, Unix system services to ZOS, um, which is fantastic. It it allows us to do so many of the things that we're doing today. Uh, You know, Node.js wouldn't exist without ZOS uh, Unix system services. Um, There's Java on the platform. You know, IBM is putting Go and... uh, they're they're putting um, they've got Python and you know they've got all of these different languages that are now on the mainframe. So uh, and and these are on ZOS. I mean this isn't just like uh, Z Linux. Um, th- this is this is on you know the ZOS operating system. So whatever you're whatever you can possibly learn, just keep learning it and never never 
put yourself in, into a little box. You know, always try and learn new things. I think that's solid advice, and I I'd obviously agree with that. So one final question, Paul, as we look to sort of bring this home. Where do you see the mainframe platform? We talked about the sort of long-touted demise of the platform there over the last 20, 30 years. But where would you see the platform sort of three, four, five years out from now? What do, what do you think we've got coming? Yeah, I mean, I've got some uh, information, some technical disclosure stuff uh, that I that I get wind of. Um, I can't really talk about that. But, uh, you know, I see that the mainframe is moving more and more uh, uh, into areas that were, you know, traditionally done with PCs and and Unix and Linux. And you're seeing that picked up more and more on the mainframe. So I would say the sky's the limit. I mean, um, I think I I see a a, a progression happening here, uh, you know, with all the modern technologies. I think we're going to see a lot more of... Uh, artificial intelligence happening on the mainframe. Um, you know, it, 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 like I said, the sky's the limit. I tend to agree with you, and I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up. So you've joined, you've been listening to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Dickens. If you like what you've heard today, please click and subscribe. If you could take a couple of moments and give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening platform of choice. That always helps. And join us again next time for the I'm a Mainframer podcast brought to you by the Linux Foundation's Open Mainframe Project.